What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Talking to Star podcast. I know that this is not Connor Livesay's voice. I know that you are all expecting Connor Livesay, but he up and uh, left y'all for vacation this week. So it is I, Dalton Miller, and Cole Patterson here today. Before we get started, Cole, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, man. Um, not too much to complain about. I'm still kind of bitter about the Cowboys not getting a deal done, but I'm doing fine. How are you? Yeah, I know uh, when we talked last, um, we asked each other what we thought. Um, I would like to point out that I was the only one that was right out of the group. I said that I did not think it was going to get done. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't want to really get into it too much. I want to save you know that hot button issue uh, for our guy, Connor Livesay, because I know that he will have some strong opinions about that and, and about the future of Dak Prescott uh, in a Dallas Cowboys uniform. Uh, so today, yeah. we're going to get into some of the, the news that we're getting about the preseason. Uh, we're going to go over the ESPN top ten rankings at each position, um, see where, uh, you know, our Dallas Cowboys ranked in those, um, talk about, you know, were there any snubs, were any guys on that list that we felt uh, shouldn't have been on the list. Um, and then we're going to talk a, a little bit about PFF as well. So got a little bit going for you all today. But we won't keep you too long. We'll get in and out, hopefully. Um, but first, let's get started, man. No preseason yeah. games. It's gonna be it's gonna be kind of interesting to get used to. Um, you know, um, you can debate how important the preseason really is as far as uh, getting ready for the season. Um, but really, I guess the biggest impact as far as the little the bottom of the roster guys trying to battle for that last couple of spots on the roster, trying to catch some eyes either on the Cowboys uh, coaching staff or even from a coaching staff from around the league. You know, those kind of games are very important to them. Um, for for them personally, they they don't really get the views from people. You don't really care about Dak throwing three touchdowns against, you know, the Dolphins' four-string unit or anything like that. But it is kind of cool to see positional battles out in real game action um, rather than just, Camps and all that kind of stuff. So I do think it's going to be a little bit, a little bit interesting. Not to mention that Mike McCarthy doesn't have you know four games to uh, test some things out before you know the games actually matter. So uh, it's going to be. I think it's a big. I don't think it's a huge deal, but I do think it is a big storyline to uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, I think it is too. It's it's really uh, man. Eight padded practices we're talking about. A uh, tweet from Albert Breer. Uh, rough protest or post-testing timeline for NFLPA. Uh, 
that they gave the players tonight, August 3rd to the 14th. It'll be the acclimation period. They'll do strength and conditioning. Uh, August 15th, they'll do ramp-up uh, stuff with helmets and shells. And then they, like I said, only have eight patented practices in late August to early September. My worry is that we're going to see a higher percentage of injuries at the beginning of the season. And when yeah. you have, you know, a left tackle that has only played 13 games each year since, like, 2015, um, I, you uh, you don't want to see that. You want to see those guys be able to, yeah. to work into game shape a little bit with getting a few snaps here and there. You know, because we go off of this, that August 3rd to 14th acclimation period, that really is the only purpose that preseason serves for the starters. It's an acclimation period. So I'm interested to see if we see, you know, some some of the better teams playing some of the weaker teams earlier in the year get upset like we see sometimes in college football with good teams losing to, you know, group of five schools early in the year. uh, I'm fascinated by it, but at the end of the day, I am also worried about it. Yeah, the injury thing is a big uh, talking point I didn't even think of off the top of my head. Um, these guys really haven't been doing too many football activities. I mean, obviously we see, you know, C.D. Lamb posts a video of him running routes and stuff. But as far as real contact and all that, there really hasn't been anything like that. So without the preseason games, kind of you don't know how people are going to take to uh, contact for the first time in months. You don't know if there's going to be some soft tissue tears, stuff like that. So I do think that is a really good point that you made, and it is going to be something to watch for sure. Yeah, and like you said, um, Mike McCarthy and this team having almost an entirely new coaching staff, Yeah, that's going to make things even more difficult for the mm-hmm. team because even though you know a, a lot of the roster is back from last season, you won't have that same continuity schematically that you would have with the same coaching staff mm-hmm. from last season, so... I would almost expect the Cowboys to be a little bit flat to start the season, mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, and they're, especially against a team like the Rams yeah. that has that that coaching staff continuity. So I, I I'm worried about the you know the start of the year. Um, I'm worried about guys getting hurt. I'm worried about guys you know because there, there's no talk of a bubble or anything. So mm-hmm. you know what happens if we have a, a portion of the team. Uh, become COVID positive, um, just all of those things are swirling in my mind because I've, yeah. I've already seen half of my college football season taken away. Uh, Dallas yeah. high school football, probably not going to happen as well. Yeah. Um, so okay. it, it's just, it's a lot of unknowns and a lot of, you know, it's a really, you know, for us, you know, who, who talk about the NFL and, and college football all the time, um, it, it's scary for us. Yeah, and kind of to your uh, point, just about them playing the Rams in week one, and kind of, you know, you're talking about college football teams, kind of, you know, it's kind of common for a team to open with a G5 team, or even an FCS team, you know, kind of get their feet underneath them, try to some gadget plays out, you know, if this thing works, kind of work through a quarterback competition. The Cowboys don't have any of that. They have to get right out of the gate against a team that, yeah, they kind of, 
underperform uh, last year, similar to Dallas, but they do have a lot of talent. They do have a really good coach who's been to a Super Bowl. They have Aaron Donald. I mean, they they're they have, they're a talented team. It's going to be as of right now. It's going to be in L.A. You know, if something happens with travel and all that. So I'd, it is something that you got to keep an eye on because they don't have a game. They don't have a tune-up game. They don't have a game to work out the teams for the new coaching staff. It's going to be really interesting to see if McCarthy can uh, get this team to gel through just a couple practices. And I really wish that the NFL and I hope that they can still somehow negotiate this. Do uh, not an inner squad scrimmage, but to, uh-huh. to scrimmage another team, you know, beforehand, yeah. kind of like the MLB is doing. Like, even if, you know, the Cowboys go out, um, you know, the, the week before to L.A. and, you know, have a, a scrimmage against the L.A. Rams uh, just to get, you know, kind of acquainted with them, you know, before that first game, not even acquainted with them, just acquainted with somebody other than your own team. Yeah. Um, and so something like that would have been nice to see. But at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. We, we, we're beggars, and we uh, unfortunately cannot be choosers. But <laughs> yeah. let's move on, uh, and let's get to PFS before we take our first break here. They recently came out with their linebacker rankings heading into 2020, and it may have taken some people by surprise to see that the Dallas Cowboys are not in the bottom, you know, five of the NFL, contrary to how we talk about their run defense. Um, They were actually number two in the entire league, according to PFF. What were your first thoughts when you saw that? Uh, Honestly, if you want my real thoughts from when I first saw that, I thought it was an article from last year, you know, before the 2019 season. That would make sense. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, okay, this has to be an old article. Somebody pulled back up, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith coming off a great year. You know, they were flying over in the football. And then I realized it was from uh, today. I was like, oh, okay, um, let me check that out. So I kind of looked over it, you know, kind of wanted to see their opinions. I, I know there's a lot of different thoughts on PFF, but they do a lot of good work over there. So I was kind of interested in what they thought. And, I mean, yeah, if if you just want to listen to us and people who follow the Cowboys, uh, you know, like a John Owning or somebody like that who studies the film, he's kind of tar on the Cowboys, you would kind of think the Cowboys have a, you know, a weak linebacker corps and all, core and all that kind of stuff just because they've struggled. And I'm, I don't think they're number two. I, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Um, I do think they have the potential. I do think they have the raw talent to be up there. But I, I was kind of shocked when I saw they were number two. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Yeah, I was, I mean, I was taken aback by it. I was really <laughs> surprised to see that. But, you know, when you really look at it, yeah. from a talent perspective with the two guys at the top, um, even though, you know, we kind of dig at Jalen Smith quite a bit, they do still have Sean Lee and Joe Thomas. So, like, that's for yeah. not, you know, Joe Thomas might be a backup, but, like, he's a high-end backup yeah, linebacker. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that is a good linebacker core overall. Obviously, I guess our expectations were so high going into last year. Yeah. To see them not meet that, I guess, has a sour, you know, taste on them out, I would say. So yeah, kind no, of definitely. Yeah, and so Seattle Seahawks were first overall. They have K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner, and that's expected. After yeah. that, after the Cowboys were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I would put ahead of the Dallas Cowboys, they have Levante David, who is the most underrated player. Yeah. Underrated linebacker. 
I wanted to say underrated player in the NFL, but I, I don't want to speak in absolutes there. Um, <laughs> and they also have Devin White, who is fantastic yeah. um, in his rookie Please. year. Uh, they have the Texans up here, and that surprised me. And that's kind of right there is when I, I thought about it, and I said, you know what, maybe the Cowboys do have a top five linebacker core, simply because I don't think there's a ton of great linebackers out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Cowboys tied on. There, there, yeah, might yeah. Be, there might be a, a couple of teams that have, you know, two deep, maybe three deep at some points, but a lot of guys might have one. Um, and yeah, so is a really good third option, if you put mm-hmm. it that way. So I do think that kind of puts them over the top of a couple other teams. Yeah, and then you have uh, teams like the Colts, um, who have uh, Darius Leonard and Bobby Okarike, um, uh The Las Vegas Raiders, Corey Littleton um, is there. Deion Jones is, is with the Falcons, who are in seventh. But for me, yeah. like, the Minnesota Vikings with Anthony Barr, uh, Eric Kendricks and Eric Wilson are, are kind of guys that, you know, I would put yeah. above the, the Cowboys. And I, then I way down at, at number 10, Fred Warner, who might be the best linebacker in the NFL right now. He is and, good, yeah. And Quan Alexander I would put ahead as well. Um, and, and so it's not a, a totally egregious list, you know, from mm-hmm. just because – I don't think that there's there's too many out there that you look yeah. at and they're like, yeah, those guys are obviously better. I would say, yeah. I mean, if we're going from 2018, I think you can make a really good argument that Cowboys might have the best one-two, you know, punch at linebacker. But obviously that wasn't the case last year. You, you kind of mentioned Fred, Fred Warner. You got Quan Alexander. That's a duo I'd pick over uh, the Cowboys duo. Um, I would – I would put the uh, Buccaneers do over Cowboys, and obviously the Seattle over Cowboys. But and I doubt even really, I guess, think of um, was Cowboys probably have good more depth than them. They have, you know, Sean Lee's a really good third option. Yeah. I know he's injured half the year. You, you don't really expect him to stay healthy for the majority of the game. But when he's on the field, that's a very valuable piece of that defense. And then Joe Thomas, he doesn't have the name recognition that many. People know about he's not a big time player that you know you point to, but he is he's proven to be a solid guy behind those three, and I do think that he is probably one of the best you know fourth linebackers uh, in the league. So I do think that kind of pushes them over the top when you kind of stack him up. Where where would you rank the Cowboys top two if you, if they were just ranking duos? Where would you rank that linebacker duo? Um, if we're just looking at duos, probably fourth or fifth, um, okay. I would probably put the I – w- I would definitely put the uh, the Seahawks above them. I would probably put the Vikings yeah. and the 49ers, I would definitely put above yeah. them, and then probably the Bucks as well. So I would say probably fifth overall, um, which is, is still, you know, lower than second. Yeah, still and again, when you add the, the – the third and fourth options that the Cowboys had, I can I can mm-hmm. see how they would you know rank them as the the second rank sure. going into the the twenty twenty season. Mm-hmm. So For sure, I would agree. Let's uh let's get into all of these other positions, um not from PFF but from ESPN's top ten list. Let's see what Cowboys are on the list. Uh, let's see who got maybe left off of the list. Um, and then we'll get you guys out of there. We'll be right back on talking the star. 
What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back on Talking the Star. I would like to thank Box Media, Blog and the Boys, for allowing us to host this fantastic podcast. Love every week getting that text at about 5 o'clock on Tuesday saying, hey, it's Tuesday, we need to record. Actually, uh, we planned ahead this week. Uh, we did. We knew we that did. we were recording. Um, <laughs> with, with COVID, it is tough to, to keep the days all sorted yeah. together. Um, but let's get into this. For some reason, tight ends came out first. Uh, I thought yeah. that that was weird. Um, <laughs> but let's, let's get into it. Number one, George Kittle. Number two, Travis Kelsey. Uh, three, Zach Ertz. Four, Rob Gronkowski. Um, and there were no Dallas Cowboys on this list. Um, there's nothing weird about that one, right? Like we're not we're not putting no. we're not putting Blake Jarwin on this list. I yet. mean, it's like, it's fun to you know uh, hype him up on Twitter. It's kind of you know you, you see some flashes from him, especially when he lines up against the Giants when he sees those colors. But yeah, I mean, you can't really rank him realistically in that top ten. I do think he is going to have a pretty uh, good season with Dak, and I think he is going to benefit from the big three of wide receiver, but you can't rake him that high until he proves it. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't shown anything over a consistent 16-game period. Now, you can say Jason Wynn kind of stole snaps from him, all that kind of stuff. Maybe McCarthy looks for him more often, but right now, uh, there's no complaints there. All right, let's get into the big one. Let's get into quarterbacks. Yeah, this was a highly debated topic on Twitter when it came out. Dak was in ninth. Yeah. And we had uh, Aaron Rodgers at three. Obviously, the top two in Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, there's no debate there. Uh, You say there's no debate. You say there's no debate. One GM or one one evaluator had Russell Wilson like ninth in his ranking. Yeah. Dude, I, I got on the radio and I mentioned about that because that was just ridiculous, man. Um, you can't. I, I thought everybody was in an uh, agreement that those were the two top two guys. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can argue, hey, Lamar is the MVP. Maybe you know you're high on him, but to have Russell Wilson ninth just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I can't get over that. No, there's no, there's no sane reasoning for yeah. having him at ninth. Um, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers was in third, Deshaun Watson fourth, uh, Drew Brees fifth, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson sixth, mm-hmm. Tom Brady at seventh, Carson Wentz at eighth, Dak Prescott nine, mm-hmm. um, Stafford at ten. So 
you know, we have Dak in the top ten. I'm not going to argue. I mean, we've, we've been over this. We know how we feel about Dak Prescott here on this podcast. Um, we would have him higher, but I'm not going to argue with somebody who wants to put, you know, the old heads out in front of him. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of nitpicking. I think we're all in agreement that he's in that 7, 10 range, maybe a little bit higher, maybe a little bit lower. Um, but I think Nate is a good spot. I mean, obviously I would put him a little bit higher, but I do think – um, I, I personally think he's better than Brady right now. I would personally rank him higher than Wentz. But really, if you're going to make any, I guess, complaints about this, it's having Russell Wilson ninth in, in according to one person. And then I guess you can argue Rodgers being third. I don't think he's the third best quarterback in the NFL in the year 2020. No, he's definitely not at this point. Um, but moving on to running back. Saquon Barkley was first over Christian McCaffrey. Were you surprised at all by that? I was. I kind of assumed that McCaffrey, without even opening the article, I kind of assumed the top, who the top three guys were, but I thought it was McCaffrey at one. Um, you know, he has all the hype from last year. He's a really good receiver. He was pretty much a focal point of the um, of the Panthers' offense. So I kind of thought it was, you know, he was a consistent top guy. So I was kind of surprised, but I wasn't kind of like quarterbacks. I wasn't really going to argue too much about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and then, you know, at third was our Ezekiel Elliott, who had the lowest ranking of 11th in the NFL. Um, He got a little bit upset about that, and honestly, (laughs) even though I am a, you know, a running back doesn't matter guy, (laughs) having him outside of the top 10 is ridiculous to me. Like I, yeah. I don't understand who you're, you're putting in front of him out of even the honorable mentions. And honestly, yeah. I don't know how you even think about putting guys like Le'Veon Bell in front yeah. of him either. So, yeah, you know, it goes to the, the old adage that, you know, we always talk about, or people always talk about, you know, if you were really that good, you would be working in the NFL. And then we see the NFL, you know, right guys do, yeah. like this. So it's like, are, are we really, uh, are, are they really all as qualified as we make them out to believe? Or, people uh, in the National Football League, you think eight quarterbacks are better than Russell Wilson and ten running backs are better than Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. Now, I mean, they come on. They did get wide receiver right at the top. They they said it was Julio Jones. Um, I would have went with either Julio Jones or uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and Michael Thomas at number two. I understand Michael Thomas getting number one votes as well. But the Dallas Cowboys had a wide receiver on this list as well. Yeah. At number ten, Amari Cooper. And from a pure talent standpoint, this is pretty obvious to me that he should yeah. be in the top ten. Yeah, I think the wide receiver is probably the deepest, most talented position in the league. I think there's so many guys you can put in the top ten. I think five through ten on this list all have some kind of argument to be a top five wide receiver, from Tyree to Keenan Allen to Cooper and everybody in between. Um, but, yeah, I do think those are the ten most talented receivers in the NFL um, Chris Godwin only has one good season, but that one season was really, really good. So I have no problems there. Keenan Allen, number eight. Um, I do think Cooper is better than the, uh, Stephon Diggs, Thielen, Galladay. I do think Galladay is underrated. I do think Amari deserves to be 10th. And 
Somebody had him as high as five. Somebody had him off the ballot, which I don't see how you can have him off the ballot. I, yeah, I, I think the off the ballot vote was just because of the, you know, nitpicking the injuries and, and disappearing yeah, games. I can um, and that. I think that kind of turns off some of the old heads in the NFL. Um, sure. But, yeah, and, you know, in, in two years, in two years you can see both, you know, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup possibly being on this list or as honorable mentions yeah. on this list. And, you know, that's yeah. a, a, a hard maybe just because, like you said, this is the deepest position group uh, in the NFL. Yeah, somebody yeah. like – I'm a big fan of DJ Moore. He wasn't even on honorable mention. So, I mean, nope. it kind of, kind of speaks to that. So Yeah, uh, the Dallas Cowboys have the best offensive tackle in the league, according to ESPN <laughs> and Tyron Smith. Um, I was surprised. I was surprised by this as well because we don't see him like that anymore. Yeah. You know, we look at, at guys, you know, like, you know, even a guy like Mitch Schwartz yeah. and possibly being better than him. Honestly, mm-hmm. with the way that they played last year, Lionel Collins had a better year. Yeah. Than Tyler yeah, for this from last year. Yeah. Uh, guys like Ryan Ramchek are really good. Uh, David Bakhtiari might be mm-hmm. the best pass protector in the NFL. And to yeah. have Tyron Smith still up there one really just goes to show how much natural talent can keep mm-hmm. you at the top of the list like this. And, and yeah, he's definitely down to. Yeah, he definitely has the reputation. He's earned that reputation as kind of top dog. So I was I was expecting him to be high. I am surprised that he was the number one guy. I, I, mean, I would say that I do think he was going to get the number one votes just because of his reputation, but I'm surprised he got enough number one votes to be the clear number one guy in this voting. Um, it, was, it was surprising. I mean, you also have Trent Williams in the top three, who kind of uh, hasn't played much, you know, and he's starting his own new team, Tuntle. I don't know if Tun- I would rank Tunzel as the number two offensive tackle in the league just yet. And like you said, Mitch Schwartz, he was, he was left off the top ten, and he he – he could be the top guy. I mean, or at least in that conversation. So I do think if these rankings are a little bit all over the place. Yeah, so do I. Um, and speaking of all over the place, I'm just kidding. Um, the top two for interior offensive line, it's Clinton Nelson and Zach Martin. I, at this point, I don't care who you put up at the top, but yeah. for me, it has to be those two at the top. I don't think there's any debate. They're just so dominant at what they do. Um the debate, I guess, the argument for uh, Nelson, he's the younger guy, and he's uh, whereas Zach Mars kind of getting up in their age, but that's really the only nitpick that you can make. I think they're both in their own stratosphere. Yeah, no, no, so do I. That's, uh, that's absolutely how I feel as well. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we have the edge rushers. Yeah. Who but the Marcus Lawrence at number 10, how did you feel about this one? Because guys like Donnell Hunter has mm. uh, um, an argument. Yeah. Darius Smith had a Smith. year last year. Mm-hmm. Matt Judon and Yannick Ngakwe are both fantastic rushers as well. Um, how would you have, have ranked Demarcus Lawrence on this list? Yeah, so... He's such like a, I mean, you can go either way with him just because I do. Th- I think talent-wise, he is up there among the uh, best of the position. I think there's no denying that he's really good against 
the run. He can get after the quarterback. I guess the debate is the production. I mean, he's not getting the sacks. He's not getting all that. But, I mean, if you, I guess, look at it, he kind of helped free up sacks for Robert Quinn. He was kind of a big reason why Quinn got a big um, free agent deal with Chicago. I don't know. I do think I'm okay with him being 10. Um, I see his highest ranking was three, which I I don't think he's the third best. I I think I think the edge rusher similar to receiver is really deep. I think there's a lot of top guys that you can argue either way. I do think he's top ten. I do think that the Smith brothers in Green Bay have an argument. I do think Hunter in Minnesota, Clowney's are going to be up there. Um, I think he is a tenth guy, and I do think that he uh, has a chance to really uh, solidify that this season. What were your thoughts on him being um, in that spot? Would you have him higher? Would you have him lower? I mean, I'm cool with it. I might have him above Cam Jordan, but, man, Cam Jordan has been so good for so long. Yes, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Cam Jordan had, you know, 15 and a half sacks last year, so it's mm-hmm. not like he's slowing down at all at age 30. Yeah. Um, it was nice to have two Dallas Cowboys on this list. Um, we had DeMarcus Lawrence, and we also had T.J. Watt um, <laughs> at number seven. Yeah. So that's nice. You know, Cowboys really building up that defense. Uh, I'm not at, I'm not at all still salty about that pick. Um, I'm totally over it. Um, where's you Taco? Obviously, go ahead. I said, where's Taco? I know. Uh, and then you obviously have both the Bosa brothers mm-hmm. uh, on there, Miles Garrett, Von Miller, Chandler Jones, who somehow is still underrated. It's ridiculous. Um, and Khalil yeah. Mack. I feel like it's like the cliche thing to say now that he was that he's underrated. I think at one point he was underrated. He didn't get much of media hype or anything, but now it's gotten so big where okay, we get it, we get he's good. I think so many people were talking about he's underrated that he's not anymore. Yeah, I think we can put that to rest. I agree. <laughs> um, interior defensive line. I mean, this just goes to show when when literally nobody disagrees. That's yeah. how you know you are the most dominant player in the NFL. Mm. That's Aaron Donald. Um, yeah. I don't see any Dallas Cowboys on here. I was really looking for Tristan Hill's and Tristan Hill's name. <laughs> Didn't see him. I will say I up their mind. I know, right? <laughs> I, I will say, even though I'm not a, a New Orleans Saints fan, I am a, a Dallas Cowboys guy. I've always mm-hmm. been a fan of David Anyamata, so seeing his mm-hmm. name as an honorable mention was, was good to see. Um, obviously, we don't think any of our, our Dallas Cowboys were left off of that list. Yeah, um, we're uh, but we do have two Dallas Cowboys that are coming over from the Panthers, and there was Kawan Short, who was an honorable mention. Where would you have McCoy and Poe um, in re- re- relation to Short? Do you think they're on that same Level interior de- defensive line, do you think that Schwartz is better? Uh, what are your thoughts there? Well, uh, just from what I saw from watching the, the film from last season, I would say offhand that I think Schwartz probably the better player than those two at this point. Um, okay. But I'm really excited to see Gerald McCoy losing a little bit of weight that he had to put yeah. on for his role last season. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see you know how a slim down version of Gerald McCoy looks in 2020. Linebacker, even though the Dallas Cowboys have the best or the second best linebacking mm-hmm. core in the NFL, according to PFF, mm-hmm. according to ESPN, none of their linebackers fall in the top 10. Let's go over this and then tell me if you think that uh, either of the linebackers were left off of this list. 
Bobby Wagner at number one, Levante David at number two, Eric Kendricks at number three, Darius Leonard at number four, Demario Davis at number five, Deion Jones number six, Tremaine Edmonds at number seven, Jamie Collins number eight, C.J. Mosley number nine, and Fred Warner at number ten. Mm-hmm. I think Warner should be higher. I think we we're both in agreement there that mm-hmm. he should be higher than tenth. For the Cowboys, if this was after last year or after 2018, excuse me. I think you could make the argument that Leighton Van Der Esch is on that same level as um, as Darius Leonard, as um, Deion Jones, as Edmonds. I think he has that talent. I think he really showcased that in 2018. Um, but he has the injury problem. He we don't know if we'll ever recover 100. percent We don't know if we'll ever get back to that peak. So I don't really have too much of a complaint. Jalen Smith, I don't, I don't mean to be too hard on Jalen Smith because I do. I don't think he's as bad as some people try to portray him to be. But I also don't think he's the top ten linebacker in the NFL. And I don't. I want to have him that honorable mention um, section yet. Um, I think he kind of like Wayne Bender. He had a really good 2018 year, but 2019 he didn't do much. This the year before without Wayne Bender, he wasn't. Um, the player that we were wanting, obviously he's coming off like a very serious injury. Through. So you got to factor that in. But I don't think that he's a top ten linebacker. And I would, I would, I would say Van Der Esch is closer to breaking into that. And I do think if he has a good 2020 season where he's healthy, I do think we definitely see him in that top ten. Um, I don't really have too many complaints about the rankings, honestly. Um, I do think Bobby Wagner is kind of in his own – world right now, in my opinion. Um, I think Fred Warner should be number 10, but I don't think they, uh, I don't think there's too much to argue, but you're welcome to disagree. No, I mean, I, it's really tough to disagree with this list at all. I mean, there's, I just I do think over. Roquan will break, that, will break in, excuse me, I do think Roquan will break mm-hmm. in soon, too. I'm a big fan of his, but other than yeah. that. Yeah, man, I mean, those, those young linebackers, Roquan Smith, LVE, Devin Bush, Devin like those Bush, are all yeah. guys that could propel themselves up onto this list. I think that Fred Warner's going to sure. continue to rise. Um, you're probably going to see guys eventually like C.J. Mosley and Jamie Collins start to fall a little bit from this. We yeah. have to remember, Tremaine Edmonds is still only 22 years old. Yeah, he is super yeah. young still. I think he He's might a baby up, coming into that draft. Uh huh. He <laughs> might be one of, if not the best linebackers in the NFL here soon. Um, yeah. And on that Bills defense, that just makes them mm-hmm. so scary. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that there was anything egregious with this list. Um, I don't think, you know, there's an argument after last season to put LVE on there. But, you know, like you said, after 2018, he definitely would have been on that list. Yeah, for sure. I think and the argument would have been top five, not top ten. No, absolutely. I agree with 100% with that. And then corners. We had one on this list, and then we lost. Um, And it's really funny to me, Byron Jones, all the way down at number 10. Yeah. Which, unbelievable to me, after the last two seasons he had, watching a lot of Darius Slay after, you know, having him go over to Philadelphia. Like, it's obvious to me that Byron Jones is the better quarterback. Uh, quarterback mm-hmm. when it comes to him and Darius Slay. Yeah, Darius Slay yeah. here at number four. He's at number mm-hmm. 
Um, Marshawn yeah. Lattimore, number like there, there's guys on this list that I think Byron Jones is flat out better than. Yeah, I'm a big Slay guy simply because of the Mississippi State connections. I do have some bias there. <laughs> but, yeah, but um, I completely agree with you. I do think he's kind of um, trending downwards as far as being a top-five corner. I don't think he's on that level anymore. I do. I thought he was a couple of years ago in Detroit. Um, I certainly don't know how anybody ranked him as the second-best corner in the league right now. I guess that's kind of um, like Rodgers being the third-best quarterback in 2020. But, yeah, I think Byron should be in that top-five grouping. I do – I don't think he gets the respect that a lot of people do. I think that Ramsey, I think Tredavious White, they've earned that. By by thinking like Slay, Lattimore, even Humphrey, those kind of guys, Peterson, get the get the benefit of the doubt from guys around the league. You know, they've been to multiple Pro Bowls. They've been like the guy on their team for multiple years. Whereas Byron was almost left to dead at safety, and then they moved to the corner, and like maybe he'll work out here. We don't know if he will. And then he really blossomed, but it was. I mean, he he didn't. I don't think he's ever received the hype that a lot that he deserves. I don't think I think he's better than Xavier Howard. I thought Howard's. I think he's a pretty good corner too. I think he's better of the two of them in Miami. So I do think he's kind of being disrespected in that regard. I don't think he doesn't have the interception numbers that Slay has. He doesn't. He's not on a team that successful like Lattimore is, um, um, for instance, or something like that. He's not. I think in the top three, I have no problem with the top three. But other than that, I do think Byron Jones has as good an argument as anybody to be in that fourth, fifth, sixth spot. Me too. Um, and there's a couple guys, you know, like Patrick Peterson, Marcus Peters, mm-hmm. um, and Xavier Howard. Like, I would probably have Jair Alexander all over, yeah. you know, My those guys. Jair Alexander, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would have Byron Jones above them as well. Um, and then let's get to the last position. Let's get the people out of here. Um Safety. We had a safety make the list, right? <laughs> yeah, he was number Jeff one. He, Jeff Easton, I make it. <laughs> future Dallas Cowboy Jamal Adams. Yeah, future Dallas Cowboy <laughs> Jamal Adams was number one on this list. Um, no, obviously no Dallas Cowboys made this list because they don't care about they don't care about the safety position at all. Um, they could have gotten. Jamal Adams. Um, they could have gotten Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, Earl Thomas. They could have traded for Earl Thomas. Like, there's so many guys. They could have signed um, Tyron Matthew back in the yeah. day, but he wasn't a scheme fit. Like, they just <laughs> ignored the entire top ten safety list here when they could yeah. have had most of them. So, yes, the Dallas Cowboys don't have any of them. I wanted them to get Minka Fitzpatrick. Nobody even thought about it. Um, I wanted them to get Jamal Adams. They won't do it. Um, I was hoping. I mean, I was hoping before they drafted, was hoping they would trade it for Derwin when he kept falling. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, there's so Absolutely. many guys that they either had a connection to that they could have realistically had, or that you, you know, you wanted them to get, and they just passed on all of them, which is kind of. I was a big Buddha Baker fan going to that draft, for instance. I don't know if he would have been a scheme fit like Tyron Matthew, but you know, I mean. I mean, there's so many guys that could have had a chance to get. I mean, I don't think Atlanta uh, Collins is – I mean, he's an honorable mention here. I don't think he's as good as he was in New York. They could have had him, I guess, in free agency if they wanted. I don't know how great of a fit he would have been in Dallas. But, I mean, there's so many guys that they either – I know the Cowboys are linked to so many players because they're the Cowboys and you know, how the media works. But it's just funny that this is the one ranking that we see, that there's so many guys that they could have had on their team, but they just said, nope. 
But stick with Jeff Heath back there. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is, man. It is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. Well, that's all we got for you guys today. I hope you had a little bit of fun talking about these lists or listening about these lists. Uh, yeah. Let us know on Twitter, uh, at Dalton B. Miller, um, and then you're at Cole... L. Patterson. L. Patterson. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to say L, but I was thinking B for my name. I, I was all screwed up. I knew it was right. Cole L. Patterson. Yeah, um, you did. Then, uh, is it Connor NFL Draft? NFL Draft. Oh, yeah. NFL he's draft. a stupid name. He has a stupid name. <laughs> uh, I can make fun of him because he's not here. Um, but he will be back next week. Um, and we look forward to talking to you guys again next Wednesday on Baltimore. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.